Welcome to the Real Life Buyer Podcast. In this podcast, you will hear interviews with business owners, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, authors, and technical specialists in their field. These professionals will hasten your development, accelerate your career, and broaden your business know-how. Now, introducing your host, Dave Barr, interviewing with a purchasing twist. Hello, and welcome to the Real Life Buyer. If you are feeling lost, a failure, believe you're being held back and unable to change your destiny, then my guest today will hopefully shatter those thoughts, put your troubles into perspective and inspire you to recognise you can be a success and achieve your goals in life with the right attitude, mindset and determination. My guest today is Alison Petty, an outstanding resilience and transformational mindset coach with an incredible story to share. In 2016, she took a life-changing lightning process course and has never looked back. She's faced adversity and hurdles like few others and is a living testimony to the power that you have inside you what can overcome mountainous obstacles. And I'll say more than this, as I want Alison to take the stage and reorient your thoughts on what you can achieve. So without further ado, I welcome Alison onto the podcast. Hi, Alison. Hey Dave, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and I appreciate you having asked me to come join you today. It's an absolute pleasure. I think it's a wonderful story that you have here that people find quite inspirational. Hopefully give them hope if they are in a difficult place. And uh, yeah, I think the stage is really certainly yours. You've got this incredible story. I've heard it, but I would really love you to share kind of the highlights of what you've been through and where you are now, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I actually, I meant to tell you this earlier, but I actually did, did the talk, My so there's a talk that I give where I tell my story of what I call from a wheelchair to rock climbing to mindset coaching. And I've been doing that online various times over the last sort of year or so, but I did it in person for the first time yesterday, the conference. So yeah, I, I'm very used to telling the story. And I always say it's half of what I do. So half of what I do is the coaching, which is not a job for me, it is purpose. And it's like, what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, but the other half is telling the story because it's definitely a story that I would have loved to have heard um, 20, 30 years ago, <clears throat> for sure. And I think it might have kind of curtailed a little bit of that time when, how you know, to the extent that I became ill for so many years. So getting to that, basically, well, you talk about 2016, but it all started in 2007. Like when I was 17 in 1992, I'd had a really nasty virus when I was doing my A-levels, which I got over. <clears throat> but then I also had a really extreme reaction to cannabis. Uh, many people do try cannabis, so I know it wasn't the odd one out there for sure. But for some reason, um, I had a very, very intense reaction to it. And I just became chronically ill very quickly. This is a little bit long story short. So I always say when I'm telling the story, if anybody wants to know it a bit more in depth, obviously feel free to get in touch or there's more information on my website, which I know you're going to share. But basically, I just became chronically ill. And it was about two years before we got a diagnosis of what's known as ME, fibromyalgia. But basically, it was it was almost overnight. I had extreme chronic constant pain throughout my, you know, my bones, joint, muscle, even my skin hurt. Over the years, you know, this kind of fluctuated in different ways. But that was kind of constant for 24 years. And when I try and describe it to people, one of the nearest ways I can get to that is, you know, when you have flu, uh, you get that aching joints, bones and everything. It was like that. And even when I was um, in a fairly good place, I would still have that. So I just I think I just got very tolerant, very used to it. But I'd also have the usual kind of ME fibro things as well, of <clears throat> like extreme fatigue. And, you know, I'm a rock climber now, so I know what it is to be tired. It's a very different tired 
Um, you know, making a cup of tea would feel like, you know, a monumental expedition and exhaustion, whereas now I climb uh, walk mountains and I rock climb and mountain bike and yes yeah, so it's very very different but also extreme cognitive fatigue as well which is sort of called brain fog and then very intense light and sound sensitivities as well over the years I had many different types of relapses also lengths of relapses sometimes well any output of any doing anything would result in a flare-up of symptoms to one degree or another. So sometimes it would be for days, sometimes for months, and literally sometimes for years. You know, there was never a time when I could do anything and not get payback for that. And in NLP, you know, if, if a client of mine says, you know, I always feel like this, or there was never that, I'm, I'll always, you know, say always. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, actually, da, 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 yeah, there was, which is a really great thing to do with your clients and with yourself when you hear yourself saying that thing. But I can't think of a time in 24 years when I was able to do anything and not have a relapse. Yeah, tried all different medications. Uh, they pretty much just made me feel worse, you know, side effects and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all the alternative therapies we could access at the time from nutrition to Reiki to Native American healing to everything over those years, counselling, you know, just nothing touched it. And all the medical tests came back showing that my body was essentially healthy. So we had many, many tests over the years. So I know it wasn't just a couple that we did once and it was wrong. It was like over the years, there were, you know, maybe maybe a, like a vitamin deficiency once or twice or something like that, but nothing that showed anything was wrong. And yet at the same time, the doctors would hand me a prescription for morphine. You know, I can remember a particular relapse in the sort of early mid 2000s being, you know, taking morphine for the pain because it was so, so bad uh, or Valium and things like that, codeine, you know. So there was something very clearly wrong. For me, the answer came in 2016 when I suddenly twigged that the one thing that I hadn't done, which I knew of that was massively helping people because I knew some of these people, well, I had a little circle of friends that were living with the same diagnosis. They were doing this thing called the lightning process and getting better to different degrees for whatever reason, which I kind of know. And that's another, that's another podcast. Um, but no, just, I just, for some reason, I just didn't get there until this particular time. Basically, I was in a four-year relapse from 2012 to 2016, where at that time I was in a little flat, lovely little flat in Brighton, barely left it in those four years, you know, most days in the dark, not able to tolerate light, had a lovely little garden that on a good day I could sit in for like, you know, half an hour with sunglasses on and a blanket and then I'd be back inside. But really, I was pretty much inside in a dark room. And I have, you know, quite clear memories of my friends bringing food or coming around and cooking. And my mum, you know, my dad sitting by my bed, just quietly holding my hand. And, you know, my family, my brother and my little niece at the time just having to be very quiet and, and visiting me. But that was kind of it, you know. Anyway, one day I just had that light bulb moment. And, and I wasn't like, you know, I'm going to end my life. But I this was 24 years at this point. And I remember coming back from the bathroom and just that I am done I can't do this anymore that that was the, the two thoughts that I had and and then it was like what have I missed what have I not tried what what you know what am I missing here and that was where my brain went well the friend of mine that had done it and immediately I sort of he'd I thought he'd put his recovery down to reflexology so I rang him and he said oh they've moved to Cornwall now and my heart immediately sank because that was my one hope I was like oh uh, but he said, no, it, it wasn't really that. It was the lightning process. And that was when I was like, that's the thing. That's the thing that I'd forgotten and I'd sort of, you know, hadn't done. Rang a practitioner. Two weeks later, I was on the course. Um, I was taken in a wheelchair, you know, like sunglasses and under a blanket. And the thing for me with this course was that um, in those 24 years, so I tried everything that, you know, I knew of or could access at that time and nothing touched it. But from the very first day, 
something was different and I can't put my finger on what it was I just knew something was different and you know yourself very well especially over that amount of time and that kind of you know thing that you're living with and it was I always say it's here when I'm talking about it, I'm like it, something was different like it was like in the back of my brain somewhere something was tiny tiny almost imperceptible but it was enough for me to be like okay keep doing this thing which is essentially a technique that you're taught and I'll explain very briefly about that in a moment but I yeah, kept doing it and from from it's a three-day training program and from that very first day I was never in a wheelchair again but the most important thing for me was I never relapsed again I get a bit emotional when I talk about this yeah I never relapsed again from being on the course so I literally just every single day incrementally got better and better and better and better until I you know spent the last six years because I think it was about eight months to a year while where I was you know it'd been 24 years so I wasn't suddenly going to be like rock climbing you know bam 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 I had no muscular structure first time no I think the third time I went rock climbing with my then climbing partner my back went and uh and he gave me a massage that evening and then a year later he was massaging me again he said god that first time we climbed and your back went you had no muscle it was like jelly which you don't think about those things but you know after years of being in bed there was just no, no structure there so yeah for me it was it was absolutely wild, not relapsing after doing every anything, you know, even making a cup of tea. And and like I said, I spent the last seven years, you know, climbing, mountain biking, traveling. I went off and worked for the the Youth Hostel Association for a few years before lockdown. Came up to North Wales, which is where I'd always wanted to live. This is my what I call my spiritual home since I was came here as a teenager before I was ill. Um, Sussex is my family home, and you know, very in love with Sussex and that's you know where I grew up but this is my sort of this is my home and moved up here bought a van which my dad converted into a beautiful camper van and uh worked for the YHA and and spent a couple of years before lockdown like literally most days I was a duty manager as well and this is hospitality and I was you know making 40 bunk beds some mornings on my own like I couldn't even even conceive of making one all those years and I was making you know sometimes up to 40 bunk beds um sometimes more on a full checkout making you know that many breakfasts in the morning first as well and then climbing in the afternoon on the Clamberis Pass and then back in the evening and making those dinners and it was day after day after day and I was just getting stronger and stronger and healthier and healthier so kind of wild but awesome and then lockdown happened and then you know the world stood still for a moment and uh, but then from that I think for me very much coaching was waiting and the very first day I did that course it's just been sat there waiting going go off figure out who you are you know I got well at 41 go find out who you are as an adult go have some fun and then we'll come back to this in a minute you know <laughs> and like a lot of people in the lockdown um I, I uh, my father unexpectedly passed away in the early lockdown. So on top of the pandemic, it was a very, very dark time for our family as well. Like for many people, you know, that's a terrible thing anyway for people when they're going through that kind of loss, but with the pandemic on top. And I was just going through a very dark bereavement time during the first, I think it was the first winter and staying with a friend at the end of a bottle of wine one night in a very dark, very dark place was asking that question, what am I doing in my life? What am I doing? You know, I've got... I'm now, you know, I was probably like 45 by that point. I'm like, I've got a life to live. And when I was a teenager, my my passion, my intention was to be a rock climbing instructor. I was going to be an outdoor pursuits instructor. And I went to a summer camp when I was 14 and fell in love with that life and that all of that stuff. And then suddenly I'm 45. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I, I've got time. Let's, let's do something with this, you know. For me, I don't want to be an instructor now of climbing. I want to actually climb, but I want to watch other people do it. I want to do it. And for me, this, you know, when I asked that question, I remember it very, very clearly in this bottle of wine, just 
and my brain just went this is when you do that it wasn't like oh coaching could be interesting it was literally like this is when you start that and the next morning and I'd been in a depression where I wasn't you know getting out of bed until like two three in the afternoons big grief time woke up at seven opened my laptop bought my domain started my business and since then I've done a year of clinical training um, with the guy who created the lightning process who's Dr Phil Parker who's awesome he's one of the leading NLP practitioners in the field and I've literally recently just um, signed up to be to do the lightning process training so you have to do his year of clinical training so I'm an advanced master practitioner of NLP coaching hypnotherapy and when you've done that with him after the year, you can then go on to be a lightning process trainer. Very, you know, it's quite, uh, yeah, it's quite full on. And, and I've got to that point and I'm now very excited to be soon able to say to people, this is my story, this is my how, and now you can do it with me. Because at the moment, I'm just telling the story, sending people to head office, and that's great. <laughs> I will talk about the lightning process till the cows come home. But it's really exciting to now be able to say, and now I can teach you how to do it, you know. So... And the thing about the lightning process, before I forget, because it's really important for me to convey this very clearly, that I didn't just think myself better. So a lot of people will understand who are listening what NLP is and all those kind of things. But ME and fibromyalgia, sadly, because of the lack of blood tests that showed there was something wrong for many years, and I don't know now, but I would imagine there's still this kind of stigma around it that it's all in the mind. And you might well remember the yuppie flu thing from the 80s where high-flying professionals were kind of burning out. And um, yeah, and my mum would often sit with me and my dad, but my mum was a nurse all her life. So she'd usually be the one sitting in the doctors with me, defending me and saying, this girl is not depressed. That's not what this is when they'd be saying, well, we'll put her on some, you know, antidepressants. And she'd fight that corner because she knew I wasn't depressed. You know, I was chronically ill. There was something wrong. But because of that lack of something definitive. Yeah. So the fact that people suddenly started getting well by using their mind was quite upsetting for a lot of people. And I can understand that. But I think when people don't realize that you're not just affirmationing your way, you're not like, I am well, I am well. That's the last thing, <clears throat> the last thing the lightning process is. What it what it essentially is doing um, is switching off your fight or flight response or you're switching off the fight or flight by using this process. So I didn't know this when I did it. I just went and did it. I was really ill. A friend said to me, you know, just don't overthink it. Just go and do what they tell you. Go away and do it and you will. It will change. Everything will change. And it did. Same for her. She'd gone in having, having been in a wheelchair and she she's now got kids. She was never in a wheelchair again from the same, you know, same thing from being on her version of the course. And I came away just going, oh, I've re just rewired my neuropathways because I knew enough about neuroplasticity at that time to understand how <clears throat> changing your neuropathways has a physiological effect. And that is part and parcel of the lightning process. And I would stand, you know, I'd be in Tesco queues like a couple of years later, just chatting to some random person and telling them, you know, you have some random conversation and, and then I'm telling them the story. And I'm like, yeah, I rewired my, my brain, which I did. And that's absolutely true. But until I did the training with Phil, I didn't realize that the thing, the key part was the switching off the fight or flight. So, um, you know, the days of our prehistoric ancestors, fight or flight, amazing for saving us from the tiger. Uh, good old fight or flight for that. That's why we're here now. But then it would switch off and you'd go back to your campfire and you'd carry on with your life. Modern society, most of us are in some kind of state of fight or flight to one extreme or another or one degree or another. And what happens when the fight or flight gets caught in a loop? So for me, when I was 17, when I look back now, I'm like, 
I was in the biggest state because I was in an absolute state of shock on top of, you know, my body had shut down with this um, reaction to the cannabis. And and I think was my immune system was probably compromised by the virus I'd not had long before. But that cannabis experience was so, it was traumatic. And I went into what I now think was like a very extreme panic attack, like like full body. Everything just shut down. But that shock and that trauma of that, I went into fight or flight. And that's what, what happens. And then that didn't switch off for years. And what happens when you go into fight or flight and it doesn't switch off is that it causes something called an allostatic load on the system. So this is a medical thing. So that's where your all your hormones, your adrenaline, the nor you know, the cortisol is just loading onto your system. And our bodies aren't built to withstand that load. So you end up with these inflammatory symptoms, which then lead to the inevitable diagnosis of something like ME or fibro or and now, you know, things like long COVID, the lightning process is being exceptionally effective. Um as I say, I'm yet to be a practitioner, but I have friends who are practitioners and they are doing immense work. There's a lot in the, in the papers at the moment about it, but all kinds of like chronic conditions, but also mental health conditions, you know, anxiety, um, distress itself, let alone the actual physical things and and things way beyond that as well that it, it works for. So you switch that off, which this technique um, enables you to do, but you have to do it over and over and over again. If I'd done it for a few days, I would still be, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd still be back in that dark room. So, you, you know, I always say to clients uh, with anything to do with neuroplasticity or NLP work that I do with my clients, it's that practicing, you know, the first time you tie your shoelace and you're running out the door, you're tripping over it, you know, because there's little pathways in your brain are still firing and learning about how to do that. And, you know, a couple of days later, because you practiced it and practiced it, you're running out the door, you're not tripping over it and ending in A&E saying goodbye to your mum, you're not even thinking about it and you're off to school and that shoelace tie stays tied all day. And that's because your little pathways are five, solid connection. And it's that same neurology that we were using when we were five to do that, that you use in the lightning process. So you have to practice and practice and really embed that change. And then suddenly your body is running in a very different way. And that fight or flight switched off because that's the only thing in 24 years that I did, but not just touched it but gave me my entire life back beyond what I ever imagined was possible. Right. So this is quite amazing. I wanted you to share that, the transformation, the epiphanies that you seem to have gone through, triggers that have made things happen. It's quite fascinating. And just through, I think you said three days of training, and then, of course, repeating what you've been taught for eight months plus, made this incredible difference to you. Now, I'm thinking people are going through all sorts of difficulties in their life. Obviously, you've been through COVID. They're going through huge stresses right now with inflation, cost spiraling, perhaps for some families, people having to make very difficult decisions on how they spend their money. So I'm reflecting now that this lightning process clearly can help people in desperate situations or physical situations, mental situations to overcome those. So I'm obviously three days doesn't sound much for you went through hell basically for years and years. And it's just overwhelming for me to appreciate that something as short as three days could do this. So can you elaborate on the kind of things? I know you can't talk about the whole thing, but some of the highlights of what this process is and can it be used beyond people with chronic conditions like ME, can it be used for a range of different 
conditions. Can you kind of explain, put some meat on the bones? Well, I'd put NLP into this as well, because the lightning process is a training program that Dr. Phil Parker created. He realised probably, imagine it would be like 30 30 years ago now, 20 or 30 years ago, when he was starting his work that he realised was starting to really work with people that were presenting with these kind of conditions. And then he developed it over the years and still developing it now, you know, but it's, you know, it's like a fully full full on training program now and the three days I think it's like three again I'm just about to do the train to be a practitioner but when I did it as a participant it was like three you know four hour sessions or something like that and you were taught the main technique you were taught other things and you were taught you know about neuroplasticity and all these other types of bits and pieces so you had some knowledge as well to go away with and then you go away and as you say that I mean that is the key you have to go away and do it because if you don't you stay where you are and as I say if you tied your shoelace once you'd still be tripping over it now same thing and you know I'll also say to clients you know you don't learn to speak fluent Spanish in one day it's the same thing every single time so so you know I put NLP in there with it as well but I know Phil this is you know one of the things with, with the lighting process you know it's it's for humans who are stuck now I always say that's my niche because I don't have a niche as such I just love working with humans who are stuck and that's really like, you know, if you're a human, <laughs> somewhere in your life is stuck, whether it's a kind of stuck you need help with, you know, but more often than a lot, you know, there there is something in someone's life, whether it's a, a limiting narrative or it's a chronic illness or, you know, it's anxiety or phobia. You know, there's all kinds of ways in which we get stuck and essentially it enables you to get unstuck and move you in a different direction. And this is the work that I love to do. So at the moment, you know, I'm an, I'm an NLP practitioner and coach and therapist. And that's what's so exciting to me about it, because all of this is about moving the person forwards. It's not about analysing where that person's been or, you know, talking. You know, we get enough information to like fact finding to know where the person's stuck. I call it their crux, you know, what their thing is that's kind of keeping them there. But then it's about, you know, what do you want your life to look like instead of what it currently looks like? And, you know, again, the like this is what the lightning process is all about. This is what NLP is all about. It's all about moving the person in the right direction. And, uh, you know, often, you know, when we're on our own, it's very hard to see the wood for the trees. And without these tools, you know, until you know them, once you know them, that's the other thing. It's very empowering because you're you're being given these tools to then, you know, go away and use them. Like the lightning process for me, I haven't used it on those old symptoms that I once had since 2000 and maybe 17. I did it in May 2016 maybe early May 2017 I would still do it on I can't remember but it was you know like I haven't done it since at least then but every now and again the other day I'm, I'm saying to you earlier I've had a funeral today and you know I'm having a bit of a tough week you know like a challenging week of a lot of different things and and I was swimming in the lovely river where I live just here just at the foot of um Edwitha, or Snowden but calling it a width out of it but now which I love and I was sitting there and I was mentally really struggling and I just you know on the bank of the water in the sunshine I just did the lightning process on how I was feeling because I was feeling really low I was feeling stuck uh decision making I'm really struggling with some decisions at the moment and you know you start to just feel that overwhelmed feeling and then it gets really hard to see one of one of the many things Phil's taught me uh Dr Phil Parker but one of my favorite things now is the, the word choice you know in the, in the talk that I gave yesterday the whole slide about the word choice because I think it really is one of our human super skills that we have choices but we forget and the lightning process is one of the ways an NLP that enables us to remember that we have choice see those choices you know access those choices and start to act on those choices you know like 
for me, one of them was the lightning process. And that's one of the best decisions, probably the best decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> like for sure. That moving to North Wales, two best decisions. <laughs> See, it seems quite achievable. There are people that, as you say, have physical, mental issues. There are people who in their daily jobs are struggling to get self-belief, to achieve their goals, to become the kind of person and success they want to to be and have. Now, can this amazingly short period of time, could that make people's mindsets change in those perspectives where they don't believe in themselves, they don't trust themselves, they don't feel confident in doing the things they would like to do? You know, they aspire to be the people they see on the different social media platforms, but it will never be me kind of scenarios. Is this the sort of thing that can help them in such a short period? It's exactly the thing that helps them, would help them. So again, the lightning process is different it's a separate thing. But again, the lightning process is about, you know, getting unstuck. Well, I can speak from my own experience, because as I say, I'm about to do the training to the, to, to be a practitioner of it. But for the last two years, I'd say my, all of my clients I've been coaching have come because they're stuck. But every now and again, it will be just because someone's got a phobia or something very specific. But 85% of my clients those are the people that I'm working with. They'll come and within a minute of me saying to them, you know, what's your thing? What's going on? Where, you know, what's your crux? It will be, you know, I've lost my confidence. And my response to that is actually, I, I had a coach once uh, during lockdown when I was going through my dark time. And I said the same thing to him. And, you know, we always pass these things on and around. And it's true. You know, I will say, you haven't lost it. You still have it. I can't hand it to you. It's just buried at the moment because you know and then inevitably there'll be all these things that are going on for this person but that confidence is still there that resilience that you know self-esteem whatever that thing is that they feel is missing and it's usually all those things if it's one so then for me it's really exciting and this can sound callous so I always follow this up very quickly but when someone comes to me you know with anxiety or trauma you know love to just speak for a moment about trauma as well I, I am like brilliant this is great because I know what can be changed. I know how this can change. And I'd love to give you a couple of examples of that if there's time. But, you know, it's like this doesn't have to be like this. You know, this doesn't have to stay like this. And, you know, myself and I'm sure other coaches as well, you know, always it's no guarantees. It's not an exact science. Every human is different. Every coach is different. A lot of it's to do with the rapport, obviously, at the end of the day. But the expertise also of that practitioner. But I know what happens with my clients and the transformation, you know, Nine times out of 10, one set, you know, not that they would just necessarily have one session, but in one session, the transformations I've seen are insane, like insane. And then we build on that. And then there'll be, you know, once you've got rid of the big thing that they think is like the big thing, and that could be one session, then it's like, oh, well, now there's this that I couldn't even think about before because I couldn't even get past that. So then you work with those bits that are sort of hidden behind the big, big wall that was blocking them. But yeah, no, I, I get really excited when some of the imposter syndrome, you know, terrified of giving presentations, all that kind of stuff, you know, feeling like they're, they're just stuck in a rut. You know, they're doing so well in their business, but just something or or massive anxiety. And as you say, you know, looking at the world of social media and going, you know, well, I'll never blah, 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 I'll never. And that's all your limiting beliefs. That's all your internal narratives that more likely than not come from someone in your childhood or, you know, your younger years that said a certain thing. I had a client recently, wonderful lady. Um, she's she's a client at the moment. We're still working in our, through our package, you know, our sessions. And her, her thing was, you know, she could still hear her aunt, I think it was, when she was a child and she's, 
you know, I think in her mid 60s now, could still hear that voice of her aunt saying, don't be too big for your boots. And she's an amazing woman and she's crushing in her life. She's got a great business. But she came to me because she, something was just, she just wasn't quite, you know, and there's this goal she really wants to get. And she's more than capable of getting this goal. But things like that narrative, and we dismantled that, took that down. And she said it was like the first time that bodice was taken off her when she was a younger younger girl. That feeling of freedom, not having that narrative still. It's quite interesting. I've got somebody in, in my head now that I know they're extremely well qualified, couldn't be any more qualified, to be honest. They've got the highest qualification in their profession. They used to be an extremely confident person. Everybody would go to them for advice. They Even now, when they're in a difficult place, they're still the person that people go to for advice, which is quite striking because her confidence has been wiped out. And the confidence appears to have been wiped out by an individual that over a long period of time has ground her down, has made her feel like she's a failure. Irrespective of how intelligent she is, how confident she was, how qualified she is, this behaviour has impacted her quite over a long period of time in a quite a difficult way. So now she feels, you know, very unconfident, challenges everything she does, she dates everything she does, and she she's a she's suffering with or manifesting now, possibly, it may not be, of course, illnesses, problems. And hearing from what you're saying, that as a consequence of this constant bombardment and erosion by another person of her well-being and confidence, you know, she is impacting her mentally. And now I think physically, I'm not a doctor, of course, so I don't know, but is that quite possible? And by using the, whether it's NLP or lightning process or something else, could that be the thing, the trigger that gets her back on track and puts her life back into the place it should be? If you were coming to me, if this was your story and you were coming to me and we were having a discovery call, I would be like so excited right now. Like, because this is what I, this is who I, the type of conversations I have all the time with my, you know, type of people that are drawn to what I do. Yeah. I mean, I can also say I've experienced, you know, what you were saying about that um, in different times in my life but even recently I've experienced a version of that and I've I've got myself through it I've come out the other side of it and for the first time at 48 I finally know my worth which is a wonderful thing because you know as a coach I'm coaching these people and I'm like I need to know my worth if I'm dishing <laughs> this out but my clients teach me so much as well and the journey when I started coaching I was coming out of a very dark time anyway like really dark and like zero confidence, zero, you know, you wouldn't know it if you'd have met me unless you'd known about what how I what was going on at that time. But if we just met, you'd be like, what? But one of the things, well, I remember one day walking in the hills in that sort of mid-lockdown time where I was coming out of this dark place and had some very difficult dynamics going on at the time as well, which were incredibly hard to deal with when you're in a dark place, you know, let alone at the best of times. And I remember I was starting to I was starting to I think I started my business at the time and I might have been just doing like free sessions to practice or I can't remember it but it was very early on and I remember I'd have these clients and I'd be like god if they knew their worth they wouldn't be saying x y and z that that's all they need they just need to know their worth and I was walking the hills one day I could hear this dialogue you know about this person and this this, di- this thing that was going on and I just said god if I knew my worth and in that very moment something switched for me it was it was the beginning of knowing my worth it still took a while but I suddenly heard myself knowing my worth and walking away and I was walking in the hills at the time and I very specifically this is very NLP because I'm standing still 
And I felt that switch and I was like, knowing my worth, just that language change of rather than if I knew my worth, which is like, oh, who knows if that'll ever happen. Knowing my worth and walking away and I started walking and that was very different. And that became one of the things for me with clients of like just seeing that difference of once you start to really understand that. And I get, yeah, and I've since been through a couple of other (laughs) difficult dynamic times where that confidence just got absolutely smashed. So I know what that feels like very, very, very much. But I also now know what it feels like to be out the other side and and to know my worth. So yeah, when people come to me and they say that, I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, you use the word like eroded, like sort of just being ground down to the point where somebody like that, you said people come to them for advice and look to them as this person who's, you know, like that's still within a a woman. I'm not sure if you said a woman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was just very quickly just going to say on my on the homepage of my website, I've got this video where I sort of little metaphor for NLP. One of the things I love to do as well, people, when it works out, is go into people's homes and help them clear their space, like minimalizing, because it's the same, you know, that sort of, well, the example that I give with NLP is we've all got that room, that cupboard in our house or that drawer that's full of junk. So we end up just shutting, there'll be something in there that you want. So you could think that's maybe your confidence, your resilience, whatever that is. But it's in that drawer cupboard and it's just too overwhelming. So you just shut the door, shut the drawer, leave it alone. So with NLP, we go into that space essentially. And through visualization, like language, you know, um, conversation, but massively through visualization work and these techniques that I use with my clients, literally, you know, you go into that room and you clear out that junk, you know, you take the stuff from the charity shop, skip the rest, you know, you find the things that you want to have because suddenly it's like, oh, there's my confidence. There it is. And it'd be quite small to start with. But as you clear the rest of it away, that just like <laughs> comes straight back. And then you put that where you want it. So it's going to serve you really well. You know, get the windows open, get the feng shui going. That's how I, the work that I do with my clients. So many times I've seen somebody come to me in, you know, like a rabbit in the headlights. And they will be overwhelmed, you know, overwhelmed, stressed, panic, you know, anxiety. And you, you're only going to feel unwell. You're not going to feel good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't, you're not in a really great place in your life and just feel exhausted. It, it doesn't work like that. We know that, you know, you're in a bad place, you feel exhausted. Uh, you're in a good place, you feel good. And they'll come like that. And the transformation is just joyous for me to see that once we start working together. Yeah. I'm thinking now there could be people in the audience who think this is a little bit uh, pie in the sky, NLP, what's all this mind game stuff? Probably don't believe in it. What kind of things, what kind of misconceptions are there out there? And how would you battle those misconceptions? How would you prove that it's not just something that's all in people's head or it's, it's you know, fictitious? I'd say, well, I would, if anybody thinks about that, I'd say book in and have a chat with me and I'll do some demonstrations with you and I'll, you know, a free, a free, I always offer free discovery calls. But I would say to anyone that's just, that has an interest, but is has that kind of like, belief from somewhere society wherever picked it up along the way and it's not wrong or right it's just you know where they're coming from come and have a conversation and I'll 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 show you some things we'll do some stuff and you'll start to see how the way you visualize can change how you feel like you know and and again this is different to the lightning pro- I mean the lightning process does use all that stuff but I'm the way I work with clients you know it's uh yeah oh god it's just thing I love about it so much is that all the results I get and you can go and read my testimonials on my website 
it and the last slide in my talk it's it's basically well one of the last slides it's a slide of i don't know 10 pictures of me climbing on a mountain bike you know swimming in in some waterfall somewhere and i could never get to it and i it happened yesterday in person and i knew it was coming and i looked at it and even when i think about it i get like a well of emotion and what I say with that slide is that it's a wonder that this slide exists only because of my brain's amazing ability to change that's the only let's say 24 years medication every other alternative therapy and that's not to be anti anything else but for me that's the only way that that changed and that's what got me that slide and that life so I understand that people can be skeptical about it but I think in this day and age so much more is understood about neuroscience this is science it's not magic you know i'm always very you know again they go back to that five-year-old who's learning to tie their shoe if you've tied your shoelace and it's still tied now you've used your neurology you're using it every single day and that's all we're doing we're harnessing that beautiful ability that humans have that neuro the plasticity so neuroplasticity is neuro is your neuros neuropath sorry your neurons and your neuropathways Plasticity is how the brain can change. And scientists used to think that the brain stopped changing, I believe, in yeah, probably various versions of this, but late teens. But we now know that if someone in their 90s is complementous and is learning a new skill, it might be a lot slower. Those pathways might be firing slower, but the brain is changing. So I'm, I always come back to this. This is science. It's not magic. And how wonderful that it's not a medication. You know, it's not something, it's you. It's your, sorry, I get very excited. But it is. So I understand. I've yet to have any skepticism in the two years. I've, I've not met any skepticism yet. And I was telling some guys, yet, uh, actually in the talk, somebody asked me that question in the Q&A. And I said that when I started giving talks online, I was given the advice to not use the word NLP because nobody would, you know, people would be, not everybody, but people would be like, oh, and I haven't, I just, I use it and I get so much like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like, tell us more, come and do this here, you know, please, blah, blah. But I also know that Dr. Phil Parker, when he, you know, puts, uh, writes medical papers, he's told us that if he puts the words NLP in, they'll often get rejected and then he'll rewrite it without those letters and they'll get accepted. So there is a lot of skepticism still out there, which is so sad because as I say, you know, I'm one of 25,000 plus people that the lightning process has given back their life. And it's still early days, you know, for that, let alone what NLP is doing out there. Okay. Right. Keeping very conscious of the time. I've not, I've not asked any of the questions I plan to, no. and I don't care basically, because it's been fantastic the way you've shared what you've shared. And I think it's so helpful. I will ask you one question, but before I do, how on earth could people find you, look up your stuff, follow you, get in contact? So, I mean, basically my website is my name, which is Alison with one L and Petty Papa Echo Tango Tango Yankee.com, as in Mr. Tom Petty, my favourite singer of all time. So AlisonPetty.com. So basically everything's there. You can book a free discovery call through there. Um, you can find me online on LinkedIn, Instagram, all those kind of places, TikTok, little mindset videos. I have a newsletter where I share mindset tips and things like that. I would encourage people to go look at the testimonials and see what's possible. If I could very briefly mention, I'm also an IEMT practitioner as well, which I'm very keen to talk about, and I'll do it as briefly as I can, but it enables me to work with people who have experienced some kind of uh, trauma or PTSI in their past. And what excites me particularly about it is that for people who can't speak about the thing that happened, 
they don't need to. And again, not exact science, but everyone I've worked with so far, uh, I'll give you a couple of very quick examples where I've not known what happened. I mean, if, if someone can talk about it, but even then I'd be like, let's, you don't need to talk about it. So let's not keep firing those pathways and having you relive that experience, of, you know, analyzing and talking about this thing that once happened. But I know a lot of people can't, and then they end up having to continue living their life with this trauma still stuck. Um, so I had a guy um, who, something happened in Canada, don't even know what it was, about eight years ago. He'd lived there for a long time, loved Canada. Something happened, he sold his apartment, moved back to the UK. Our first session, scale not to 10, 10 being the worst you could feel. I said, you know, when you think about Canada, where is it now? It was a nine, sweaty palms vital flight kicks in end of the session he was a two so this is IEMT integral eye movement therapy which essentially enables me to uh using the person's eyes slot those bad memories back in the archive where they belong because when we have good memories sorry good experiences the brain files them really neatly away when we have bad experiences like the brain doesn't know what to do with it so they get scattered and you know we have this constant sort of fight or flight response from the thinking about it I would say it's like, you know, records when you were kids scattered over the floor. So with the IEMT, we're using the eye movement to archive those memories back. So it's almost like if you switch a light switch, the light comes on. So that's the thinking about Canada, switch. The light is the fight or flight. After IEMT, you switch the switch. So you think about Canada, you know the light's there. So I'm not hypnotizing anyone into like, oh, what's Canada? But that light doesn't come on. So end of the session, he was a two, came to the following session, the follow-up session, very excitedly announcing that he was going back to Canada. Uh, this was a week later. I was like, that's wild. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> but basically that week, he'd just gone away. And because that fight or flight was dismantled, he was starting to think about it in a whole different way. He started making, um, connecting with his old boss. He got a, his job back that he'd loved and he got promotion. And he was starting to look for an apartment. He's since got his flights booked for August. And that was one session of IMT. And the beautiful thing is I don't know what happened and he didn't need to talk about it. I had a lady who grew up in Zimbabwe during the wartime. Again, I have no idea what she saw, but I know in her 60s, I think, would love to take her partner back and show him this beautiful land that she'd once loved. Wouldn't have even been able to consider it. One session again of IMT, she's now making plans. And she said she was scrolling on Facebook and realized she'd clicked on an advert for Victoria Falls and was getting really excited. And she said previous to our session, she would have scrolled straight past that. She wouldn't have been able to even look at that. So I'm very excited about that. And I just wanted to put that out there as well, because again, it's like this, this thing doesn't have to be the way it is. You know, think this can change. Brilliant. So very quickly then, if somebody right now are in a very difficult place, very dark place, what few things, what words of wisdom would you share with them to try and help them in this moment, you know, right now? Right now, huh, my my brain just went that your feet on the floor and feel feel yourself connected to the floor. That's That was my instinctive thought then. I mean, that's such a huge thing, isn't it? And there's so many different ways people can be in dark places and so many different ways that you can sort of alleviate that. But ground yourself, find some way to like ground yourself into the moment because we end up living in this past so much or this fear of the future. And our brain is literally creating this fear to protect us, you know, from going anywhere near it. So our brain that's creating this future we're terrified of is the same brain that's, you know, holding us back from going anywhere near it. So get out of your head as much as you can. You know, your feet, if you can get into nature, you know, get your socks off, be on the earth. And I don't mean that in an airy fairy way. It's just if it just is another level, it's very grounding. And just feel that connection of where your feet are touching the floor and just take your attention into that to get yourself rooted. 
I mean, I'm a big fan of mindfulness practice anyway. That's a big part of what I do with clients when they come in a stress state as well. You know, we did all the breathing work to, again, just calm that nervous system and get oneself into the present moment. Obviously, you know, and this, whether it's me or somebody else, you know, see if you can find somebody that can do something that will move you forward. And I would recommend, you know, really keeping that in mind that you want to be moving forward. So whatever it is that you end up doing, find somebody that can help you move forward. And and just hold on to yourself you know at the end of the day you've got yourself and it can feel really dark I have thousand times been there you know I've 24 years of it um I was very lucky I had loving family and friends but I had years of emotional because I dark very dark times you know when I was very lost very alone and I had no idea you know in my talk I talk about I had no idea it was going to take 24 years to get my life back and the longer the years went on that further into the distance any hope for a, and that wasn't being negative it's just like we we're running out of things to try so it's like this is the way this is going to be for the rest of my life but I as I say in my talk I'm the living testament to what is possible when you harness your neurology your magnificent mindset and your beautiful brain what a great way to finish today thank you for being so vulnerable for sharing everything that you have today I think uh, people will reflect on this and hopefully take some some confidence some solace in the fact that anything is possible you've just got to work at it a little bit and and practice so you say find the right person to help you and can i just add as well if if there's anyone listening that isn't necessarily interested in coaching or needs it or you know but they want to find out more about the story i'm that free discovery call which you can book through my website it's it's there for coaching but it's also there for that because as i say half of what i do is telling the story and half of what i do is like giving my time to tell to talk to people and answer those questions perhaps you know they might be like but, but what about that part of that story and I don't know and that would really help me please just you know book and we can have a chat or if you know someone else that it might help you know I I, I give my time for that because yeah wonderful that's <laughs> wonderful thanks very much for sharing that and obviously I I look forward to speaking to you again someday thank you very much again for today it's been wonderful <laughs> thank you Dave I really appreciate it thank you so much Bye. Thank you. So there's another Real Life Buyer podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it and it's given you some ideas and inspiration for greater action and achievement. If you are a purchasing or a supply chain professional, business owner or director, come and join my Facebook group, the Purchasing and Supply Chain Community Hub, a safe place to engage with like-minded, friendly people. See you soon. Bye.